I took BYU head coaching position. So that was um, really early 2000. Um, and from there, I coached there for three years. And after that, I moved on to back to Salt Lake Community College for nine years. Um, oh, that's not true. I forgot one of the most important steps of my career was I coached two years of high school baseball at Jordan High School. So that was really a neat experience, a butt kicker. Yeah, it was good. Then from there, I took the Salt Lake job and then took the Weber State job. Gotcha. So two years at Jordan, nine years at Salt Lake Community College, and then you've been at Weber for how long now? Seven. This, this year is my seventh season. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting career. Do you, do you feel like that you've had to develop your mental toughness over the years, personally? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, a lot of what athletics teaches us, if, if we allow it to, if we stay back in it, um, is how, how to fall down and, and get back up and get back in the game. Um, because if you don't, you know, you're, you're just going to get passed by. So absolutely um, been kicked in the teeth quite a few times that has allowed me to look at what I need to do better, what I love about what I do and why I wanted to get back in it when I have um, had a temporary setback. Do you think that um, mental toughness is like a God-given talent or do you feel that it can be learned? I do not think it's a God-given talent. I think that we're blessed with certain connections that help us improve that way, but for sure, uh, learning, reading, studying uh, about it um, definitely teaches you how to overcome and how to find the, what works for you, what works for you the best way. But um, I don't, I don't think it's one of those abilities you're, you're born with. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I came to Weber State about three years ago and um, what, one of the things that's always been oppressive about your program to me is that you, you spend a lot of time on the mental game. I, I, I don't think that that's ever man. And, and from everything that I can gather, everyone feels like you've, you've, you've really kind of invested in the mental game over your career. What, why or how were you influenced? Meaning did you have coaches? Did you have teammates? Like, why did you feel that was important and how, how, who were some of the people that influenced your mental toughness or your thoughts on helping people to be mentally tough? I think, you know, they didn't really used to call it mental toughness. Um, they called it a lot of other things in high school. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a title niner. Um, I'm around 60, right? So the things that we fought for, on the women's side uh, really did teach us grit and toughness, what to fight for. I think um, my high school coaches 
uh, taught me a lot of being resilient and how to be resilient, a resilient person. But I also have uh, a lot of friends who have um, modeled for me what it looks like and what it sounds like. And I've patterned a lot of that after um, those role models in, in how to move on, how to help yourself get through really tough, tough times. And I think um, personally, that really has um, made all the difference in my life because I have been through a lot of personal issues with loss of family due to circumstances uh, that, you know, that's, that's life and it's a lot more difficult than a loss in a game, but yet it's still a loss. And so I guess that's a long answer to your question, but I definitely have had coaches along the way who modeled it and then mentors that I coached with and taught with um, and, and some leadership stuff that I was able, really, really fortunate to teach at Salt Lake Community College that helped me to get over a lot of things that were important for me at that stage of life. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's interesting, you bring up the Title IX issue, and I don't think a lot of the young women out there really understand like how different the world is compared to when my mom lived. Um, my mom tells me the story all the time. Um, she didn't make her high school drill team and she didn't make the cheerleading team, and there was nothing else for her to do. Those were the two things that girls could do, and I know that it was, uh, in some ways to her, it was very devastating. Uh, my dad tells the story all the time because they were high school sweethearts, but in her senior year, she beat the fastest guy on the football team in, in a hundred meter race. Right. And she would have been um, really fortunate to have some of the, some of the sports and some of the opportunities that, that young women have now. And I really think that it would have changed some of her confidence. And I'm not saying my mom's not confident. She's had a whole lifetime to build that, but I think it would have accelerated some of her confidence by being, in sports, can you talk to Title IX a little bit and how that's how that's changed a generation of women that you've seen? Yeah, it's incredible. It really is the uh, the timeline of how um, honestly how quickly you look back. And Mark and I have two sons, and I have uh, made it a focus that they understand that if they complain about you know, they're baseball players, so they could complain about, well, you know, softball gets this and why they don't even need need that. And I will go hold on there because let right. me just tell you what we don't have that you have. And I, I, I think that whole grit and that whole determination was formed because and gratitude was formed because in high school, like you're speaking <laughs> about your mom's experience we had we had one field day my sophomore year for softball that you'd have a round robin and you'd wear gym gym suits that was it man and we were happy that we just got to play and then we got by our junior and senior year in high school we were able to play a, more of a full schedule and we got uniforms and then gradually um it's been interesting to see uh, the 
the male coaches that I have coached with, when I got my club start with coaching, um, they, they were friends of mine, but they, they had daughters and they wanted their daughters to have the experience of being coached by a woman and also have that mentor and, and that female side of it. But then they started to really get into this. Well, how come you don't have a backstop on the softball field when the baseball field has this? And, you know, one of my mentors was Norma Carr. She's, she's you know, a longtime advocate for women in, in Utah. And she, you know, she fought for everything that we got. I played for her at the University of Utah. And so she fought for everything that we got at the U. But then I, there's definitely a point where I focus on it with our athletes. And we go, you know, we go back historically to look at what they now have to what we didn't have and what it felt like. Because sure. I played before it was the NCAA. It was the AIAW Association. Right. That's right. They're right. like, what is that? You know, that's not even legit, is it? And I said, oh, you look at the record book at what's legit. You know, Mike Candrea coached in the AIAW and on right. and on. So I take that to heart and they learn about how fortunate and blessed they are to have things. And of course, we, we still fight that. We still battle for that. Um, and, but it definitely had an impact on my shaping my, my life. Yeah, shape, really shaping your career. Without without Title IX, right now, there's not a Weber State women's program, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I think that's, I think that's really good points. Really, really, really good thoughts. I, I want to flip maybe the script a little bit and some of the questions a little bit to, to personal. What has been your biggest failure? And this doesn't have to be in your career or in your sporting – What's been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? How did, how did it influence your life after, after that failure? Well, you know, I, semantics are what they are, but I really stopped saying failure um, a while ago on a right. consistent basis. Once in a while. Okay. 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 What's your best learning experience? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. All right. All right. Temporary setback for me. Um, right. Probably the hardest hit, temporary setback that I've had was that I went out and reached, um, you know, I went all in on my dream of being a Division One head coach. And when I started at BYU, I started that program. And we started from scratch. We didn't have anything, no players, no uniforms, no equipment, no anything. And it was it was awesome, but it was very, very hard. And um, in three years time, we won Mountain West uh, regular season. You know, I was fortunate to be surrounded by really good players that I had basically started with a team of 11, I believe, somewhere around that junior college kids who trans um, basically transformed into division one players. Anyway, the long and short of it is that at the end of my third uh, year at BYU, um, we, hit the, we hit the skids on what I believed was important for the program and the direction of the program. 
and my coaching philosophy, what I felt like was important. And so at the end of that season, we decided to split ways that I left. Um, and it was to me, I did, I didn't understand how they as an institution couldn't support the coaches. You hired me to change a program, to start a program. And philosophically, we just didn't agree that um, parents got involved at a collegiate level and that influence came came down to okay if you're going to let them be involved to that degree this is not for me this is not going to work for me and it was it was very very challenging um and so from that point i really changed gears um at the same within the same month my younger brother had a brain aneurysm and so he passed away suddenly i had lost basically this job and i had to figure out how to even get out of bed you know how to function as a a human being right and it it was a it was a tough time how old were your boys at that time um they were probably 10 and 12 10 and 12. you've got got two young boys at home you got a brother that's passed away you've got a job career change well not career change but job change how did you do it how did you get out of bed what motivated you what 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 did you learn Well, I I definitely had to, again, I had to learn what was most important to me. And my faith um, was really important. My belief in just that things happen for a reason. And it sounded really, really cliche every day. And it, it didn't make sense. So it was really a challenge to find a better question about what was I going to do. And I felt like because my purpose was changing, um, basically I, I didn't want to coach anymore. I didn't, I didn't want to invest heart and soul, all of the things that I felt like were important when someone could just walk in and say, mm, you're done, you're done, you're done. And then to have such a significant personal loss with my brother was was really really challenging and obviously to me my family helped me through a really rough patch my immediate family because my younger brother was my last family member Mm -hmm. and so as i got back on my feet through friends through my family through my friends being there and helping me through that time but I, I know for a fact that um, mental toughness and emotional toughness are what, and I didn't phrase it like that because I was never taught with that language, really. Um, but that this is all I could control. And I was, exercise was a source of, you know, getting that stress out, uh, love, um, family friends that's how i moved forward and 
that's that's what took me in another direction. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I, I tell people all the time, if you want to be mentally tough, you got to have a great team around you. And it sounds like you had great friends, great family members. I'm sure Mark was instrumental in that. And, um, you know, even in individual sports like golf, you know, you look – you look at Tiger Woods, who recently won the Masters last year at this time, right? And he, you know, whatever you want to think about him, that's fine. But I, what I thought was telling is when he, when he won that Masters again last year at this time, and he's given his fist pump, he's yelling out loud, we did it. We did it. He wasn't yelling, I did it. He wasn't like yelling, like, screw everybody. He was, it was, we did it. And it was an indication to me that he had learned again how to put together a team around him to help him because part of mental toughness, and they, they talk about this even in, in, in my field, is, you know, one is authenticity. That helps you. Just be who you are. Don't try and be somebody else. Yeah, steal ideas, but present it in your own way. Two is competence, meaning you've had enough experience in life to think, like, I'm just good enough that I can be successful where I'm at. And then three is they call it relatedness, but really that's just social support or having a great team around you. And those three things can really help you to be mentally tough. Cause if, if, excuse me, the first one is not authentic. Sorry. It's autonomy, meaning you want to be there. Sorry. And, uh, and, and so to me, if you want to be there and you believe in yourself just enough that you think you can do it, and then you have great people around you, you're, you're going to be able to be mentally tough enough to handle whatever's in front of you. So that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. I think that's beautiful. You learned, you learned that you can get up when you have great people around you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Who, who was an influence on you on mental toughness? Did you have a teammate? Did you have a coach? Did you have somebody that you find yourself parroting? Or, or being a lot like, or that kind of taught you about mental toughness? A lot of uh, things that I felt have helped me um, transition were through reading, studying um, role models that maybe weren't in the same area for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I, I look at the things that I need to not do. You know, I can video and see or see pictures and go, hmm, that's not my best self right there, right? But I do, I have a great mentor um, that I taught a leadership class with called uh, No Greater Heroes. His name is Derek Waddups. And we work together, he's a baseball coach, and we work together in this class And that was a huge turning point for me in my life because I was switching gears to to get vulnerable again, to get back in the game, to get back into coaching. And Norma Carr had asked me to teach this class. And I looked around and I'm like, who who are the most positive people I know? And Derek Waddups was one of them. And so I asked him to team teach with me and for me the rest is history we we team taught that class for for nine years yeah. uh, I believe well it wasn't all nine it was it was seven because Shay Shay Golding was the teacher of it before and so that was twice a week and then we would meet about how to teach it 
So I think that really stood out to me as being um, a system of how, how do we teach people to be their best self or allow them to see uh, how awesome they are and what they're becoming. And right. I think that, that really solidified a, more of a systematic approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I, I don't think I realized Shay Golding was at, uh, was at Salt Lake Community College too. Lots of Goldings in your life, right? Amy, yeah, yeah, Amy she, Golding Crosby and Shay yeah, Golding. That's right. Lots of good players and coaches all around you everywhere you go. Yeah, for um, sure. What, um, if you could give yourself advice from 15, 20 years ago, what would be the piece of advice that you would give yourself? To continue to have those relationships with um, players off of the field, to continue that when, when life gets really fast. And it, as a Division I coach, we have a lot on our table. We have a lot that, that we have to address. And what really keeps me going is the relationship that I have with our players. And when I've fallen short of what I believe is my best, it's when I have um, not given enough focus to who's in front of me, who's in front of me right now, and what do I, what do I want them to know about our relationship, how much I love them, care about them, and want to develop that. So I would look back at the, the younger Coach Amacone and say, stay involved with their lives and um, don't take yourself so seriously. Continue yeah. to have that sense of humor. Um, and that's really, really most important because those relationships are why I coach. Yeah. Well, and I, I've, I've talked to former players. In fact, one of your former players was, was a nurse for my NICU baby and she's an amazing person and she says amazing things about you. And so I was excited when I got the job at Weber State to meet you because she just talked so glowingly about you when she played at uh, Salt Lake Community College. So I know, I know that you're doing a great job there. Um, if, if we were to go back to when you were 18 to 24 years old, and I know that you've talked about you played with some of these great coaches and you have lots of friends from the University of Utah and mentors from the coach there. What, if we were to take your group of peers from the age of 18 to 24 and they were to fill in this blank, okay, Mary Kay Amicone will be successful in whatever she does because of blank. What would they say? Because of her positive outlook on life. Positivity. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fun. Why, why has that been beneficial to you? I, for me, seeing, seeing what you're grateful for. And again, I went through a period where I was just grateful to get out of bed and I had to switch that focus of this isn't going well. And this, you know, I could stay here or I could just switch it up and look for green. You know, and there's feistiness to it. With positivity, there's some intensity. 
but it's, it's positive for me. I think that is something that our players learn from and they learn, okay, those steely blue eyes want what's, what's best for me right now. They look fired up. Right. Yeah. But at the, at the source of it is love. And there are times when I have to look at them and go, Hmm, she doesn't know I love her that much. She doesn't know I want what's best for her. So to dial it back and to step back and go, that's, I'm positive with you. I want you to see what you can become and I'm going to hold you to that standard. And I think my friends would say a pretty good mix of positivity, but they, they're going to tell me I'm feisty. They're going to definitely say she's feisty one. Yeah. 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 I, I can see that. I also, you know, there's, there's been, uh, I, I think in the two seasons that I've really been involved with your program, there's been some rough starts. And I, I think, I think although your eyes get steely, I think that you, the compliment that I would give just coming into the game late, your 18 to 24 year old peers know you a little bit more and have seen the story a little bit longer, but I've always been impressed with the balance that you have. Like, you know, when you, when you lose and, and there's some that you've lost and I've talked to you, I'm like, well, how are you feeling? And you're like, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. We're, we're going to get through this. We're going to be fine. There is that positivity. And it wasn't just words. It was, it was fun to see that, uh, you know, you maybe didn't have your arm all the way around them in the middle of practice, but you were talking to them like your arm was around them. Right. And it wasn't this whole, like, you're going to dread coming to practice today. It was like, Hey, let's come. It's time to work. Like we've got work to do. And there is a positivity about you and there is a feistiness about you that is, that is admirable. I would, I would totally agree with that. So uh, to finish up here, um, what what advice would you give to people that are struggling with all this change and this uncertainty of COVID-19 and the coronavirus? Like what, what would you say is the, the one thing that sticks out in the mental game that might be helpful or serve the people out there that are having a hard time? I mean, there's death out there. There's 401ks that have been depleted. There's jobs that are being lost. There's, there's some difficulties out there. What would you say? What would you say to someone who's having a hard time? I would say um, we're all having a hard time that no matter how you might have prepared before for something to be um, challenging, this is a challenging time where you're going to, if you can focus on what you can give and what you're grateful for, um, then you're going to make it through. You're going to, you're going to see that we're going to rise to this and what, what can um, we become because of this. And it's not ideal for anyone. And it's, it's been emotional and it's been uh, a teaching point to our young student athletes. But even for someone that's been coaching it, what I've really needed to look at in myself is we as instructors, as teachers, as coaches, we say and we post, you know, control the controllables, uh, be flexible or be miserable, you know, and now they look for us to do what we've taught them. 
and they, they look for us to be what we say we are. And so again, it's who's in front of us and what do I need to do for my own self that I can be a better wife, that I can be a better mom, that I can be a better mentor, whether it's walking, biking, to get my mind right. Because we all need that. We need some downtime where we can self-evaluate and go, uh, I could have handled that better. Um, the engagement, stay connected to the people that allow you to see the good and redirect your social media or your news feed so that you're seeing good more than you're allowing in the negative things. Um, be mindful that people are watching you and engaging their emotions, your children, um, your team. They're watching to see how you're going to handle yourself. So it's very important you, you come at it with a really positive and strong front that you will make it through this. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Are, are you what you say you are, right? Like, are, are you being who you said you'd be? And then I think you threw it in there again, the, the whole leaning on, leaning on the people, leaning on your team, right? And I think part of, part of leaning on your team is allowing your team to help you too, right? Like, don't be so prideful or have so much ego that you don't want input from your team that's there to help you and, and those things. And then the last one that you said is just what's in front of you. And I think when you say that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like being present in the, in the current moment, right? Like, what's in front of me right now? Am I focused on what's in front of me right now? Am I focused on this person? Am I focused on the things that matter, right? And just being being in the moment. I think, God, I think that's beautiful advice. I think, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary Kay. You're such a, you're such a light in this world. It's not just the blonde hair and the blue eyes. It's just, it's an attitude. And I know you said you got your teeth, your teeth kicked in a few times, but they look straight to me. So you must've done something. Well, thank you, Riley. I will say, I will say, and I know we're, we're probably out of time. Um, but I've learned a, a lot from you and I've, I've learned what we're doing that, that also works um, because it, you taught us and it's reinforced. There, it, what you just said was that um, be vulnerable and our team has seen me be more vulnerable. Um, and that's, that's what helps us go, well, coach is, coach is sad or coach is devastated that our season's over. How is she going to, to get up? Because we should be going to Montana today to play our last home series, right? Or our last, excuse me, Big Sky Conference series. And we're all feeling it. And, you know, when, when you taught our lessons on being vulnerable, being genuine with a compliment, we've had our Zoom meetings where we've been, it's been raw. It's been like, this is how we're feeling. And that's when you become the most teachable. God, that's, that's awesome. I think vulnerability takes courage, right? Like, A that's, lot. It, it, it's hard to do. It's hard to be completely vulnerable. But when people do it, they seem to go further, right? 
they seem they seem to get they they get to the place they want to go and if it's if it's a long trip they're able to make it but i i appreciate you throwing me into the mix but i i think what you do is beautiful i love the influence that you have on these kids and thank you so much for taking a little bit of time with us today for our mindship leadership conference um i can't wait I can't wait to tweet this out and, and to share it with others because it's it, we get to tap into your heart a little bit. And I think your heart is as big as anybody's that I've ever met. So thank you so much, Mary Kay. Thank you, Riley. Thanks for having me. All the best of luck. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. And hopefully we'll be out of this mess soon enough, right? Soon enough. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Coach. All right. See you later.